All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman, and today I'm joined by Jarvis Davis, one half of the ATL Day Ones podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Atlanta podcast family. And we're going to get Jarvis's thoughts on the Falcons 2022 draft. I know he had some critiques, uh, but he also has some good things to say about the draft, and we'll find all of that and more on today's Locked On Falcons. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. Been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at FalcFans.com, RIP, still going strong on Twitter at FalcFans, and, of course, the host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Atlanta podcast family. And of course, I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Falcons their first listen each and every day. Of course, Locked On Falcons is free and available on a variety of podcast platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Google, Spotify, as well as on YouTube. You can find us Monday through Friday. Uh, and of course, you get the YouTube uh, video version of the podcast the night before the audio drops. So without all that being said, let me introduce you to my illustrious guest. That is none other than Jarvis Davis, one of the co-hosts alongside Tanitra Batiste uh, of the ATL Day Ones podcast. And you know, Jarvis has been on this podcast a couple of times now and will continue to be on this podcast uh, many, many times over the course of the summer. But we had to get Jarvis's thoughts on the Falcons draft class because he, like me, was very, what's the word, apoplectic, distraught yes. from uh, the Falcons <laughs> selecting uh, Drake London. And, yes, I've been digging into my dictionary and thesaurus. Jarvis, because, yes. you know, Tadicha called me the guru that first time I was on the show. So I had to live up uh, to those words. But uh, got to live up to the, far, the hype, right? <laughs> yeah. So, like, um, you know, you were critical of that move. You've now had basically a week to let it marinate. What are your thoughts on that Drake London selection? Are you uh, you feel better about it? Do you feel the same? Where, where are you at? I'll, I, as you can kind of see it, I put in my title there, you know, I, I'm, I'll always have, uh, a bias for, you know, for, you know, offensive and defensive linemen because I really feel like that's how you build the foundations of your team. And when you are in a reconstruction period, not a rebuild, when you're in a reconstruction period like the Falcons, I think that you have to always, almost always start there, right? You know, because when you saw that a guy like um, Charles Cross was there, and you know, you know what I was, I was thinking about though, and it just came to me, like, what if Evan Neal wasn't wasn't drafted? You know, what if he was sitting right there? Would they still have taken Drake London? You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, they obviously they had him pretty high on their boards, right? And they always talked about how it was best available. But I was thinking when I saw Evan Neal start to fall some, I was just like, man, what if he would have been available there at eight? I wonder if they would have still gone with Drake London because that would have really told me how they feel or about how they go about a, a – a, a, a rebuild, you know, so to speak. They don't want, they don't want to use the word. I use the word, um, and and that's one of the things that I, I really started to think about. I'm just like, okay, that's not that didn't happen. So they ended up going with Drake London, and I still to this day feel a little uneasy about it. 
you know, it's still kind of rumbling down in the bottom of my stomach. Like, you know how you might be getting the, getting the, get the bubble guts? You might be getting that feeling. You might get the bubble guts. I still mm-hmm. got that feeling. It, it, it won't go anywhere. And I'm just like, man, you know, it's, it's because I just don't see how you can build outside, the outside part of your offense and your your insides are just screaming. You know, your your, your left guard is, is is unstable. Your center is unstable. You know, and your right tackle is unstable. You, you you did not pick up its option, and you didn't think about maybe drafting his replacement in Charles Cross. Charles Cross was sitting right there. You didn't pick up an option for the guy that was drafted in the first round. Now, granted, you didn't pick him, but you know you know that more than likely he's not going to stick around on your roster. So. You know, I started to think, like, all right, well, you could have possibly maybe gotten this replacement right there. But, you know, like I said, I, but, uh, but I will say this. I said all there to say this. I do un- get it. Like, it is a scary thought to think that Alameda's Zacchaeus will be your re- uh, leading receiver returning. And that is something that I can p- p- potentially understand. From a just a, from a play calling standpoint, that's why I think that you know Arthur Smith being the OC for this team as well as the head coach, I think that played a lot into it because he talked about how he was drawing up plays and everything not too long after they we were drafted. So I think overall, um, it still doesn't sit well with me, but I kind of do get it once I kind of get past my my biases. <laughs> Yeah, I hear you on that. And I guess, you know, because I've, I've said this before, like the idea of taking a wide receiver at, at pick eight made probably a little bit more sense to me had Matt Ryan still been the quarterback. Yes. And you know that Matt Ryan can, you know, do a lot more with Give less. Give something and to work I'm, with, yeah. I, I'm mm-hmm. curious, Does would, would you have been much more agreeable to the Drake London selection had the Falcons retained Matt Ryan? Yeah, I mean, because I was more agreeable to – I didn't agree with the Kyle Pitts pick last year. So, But I understood it because it's like, okay, you're going to keep Matt Ryan around. You know, you want to try – you're going to try to win some games, try to, you know, see if you can squeeze into the playoffs and squeeze all the, the juice that you can out of this roster. So let me give him a toy. Let me give him something to play with. I, I understood that. But, you know, coming back, going back fast forward to this year – you you go out to Deshaun Watson. That doesn't work out. Can't go back to Matt. Matt said, no, nah, man, get me up out of here. And you trade him to the Indianapolis Colts for a third-round pick. I'm like, all right, yeah, toys are cool when you have somebody to throw them the football. But what about the guy that's supposed to protect him? That's one of the uh, probably one of the, the uh, quiet reasons that his wife was like, hey, you need to get the hell up out of there because they ain't trying to block for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this man, give, they're giving up 40-plus sacks over the past few years, and that's, that's unacceptable, man. So, um, you know, like I said, I understand the, 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 the line of thinking last year, but when, when two was out the door, man – Damn them toys, man. Get somebody that can dog on protect or touch the quarterback. Like, cause that's the only way you're going to win games in, in, in the NFL. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer, you know, it's, football's a, a game of matchups, right? Right. And you're going to be a better football team if you're better in the trenches matching up with the majority of teams in the NFL than you would be if you just have great skill position players. But that being said, you know, we've – 
spent enough time complaining or revisiting the Drake London topic. <laughs> yes. Let's get into a, a, a portion of the Falcons draft that I know you felt a little bit better about. And we'll uh, continue today's Locked on Falcons talking here with Jarvis Davis of ATL Day Ones about, you know, what sort of stood out for him on day two. Maybe, again, a couple question marks with some of the selections there with four selections coming up. And we'll get into that as we continue today's uh, episode. But before we get there, guys, since I have Jarvis Davis here, got to plug the Locked on Sports Atlanta podcast family. He is one half of the ATL Day Ones podcast with Tanitra Batiste. You can also check out John Chuckery's Hitting Hard, as well as Mark Zeno's A to Z, all on the same podcast feed. You can find them all on YouTube, as well as your favorite podcast, as well as the um, post-game recaps of the Braves games. Uh, you can find that out on Locked On Sports Atlanta. So go check it out. Subscribe to it on your preferred podcast platform. And guys, you know, this weekend is a big weekend uh, for the ladies in your lives because you, you probably spent too much time worrying about the draft and now you need to pay it back and get some oh, quality yeah. time. And don't you want to make that special someone in your life feel special? And you can do that with fine jewelry at bluenile.com. And for those of you that procrastinate on getting that special someone that gift, the experts at Blue Nile uh, are available 24-7 via phone, via chat. They'll help you find the perfect gift that fits your budget. And those gifts can include diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, birthstone pendants. You can find it all. Navigate through thousands of fine jewelry options at every single price point at BlueNile.com. And right now, through Mother's Day, Locked On sports listeners will get $50 off $500 if you use the promo code locked on that's code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n and this podcast exclusive is only good through mother's day so make sure you shop today and don't worry every order is insured it ships free it arrives in discreet packaging so they won't give away what's inside so shop stress-free and find your forever peace by going to blue today and guys, you know, this weekend's also a big weekend. If you're a big fan of horse racing, you know, the race for the Triple Crown kicks off this weekend in Kentucky with the Kentucky Derby. Uh, and of course, the best place to go to get in on that Kentucky Derby action is betonline.net, the number one source for your sports betting needs. And whether you're into horse racing, Major League Baseball, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, all right, BetOnline is the best place to go for this time of year. And it doesn't matter what sport it is, whether it's those sports, golf, uh, UFC, esports, your favorite Vegas casino games. You want to put in a little action ahead of the NFL season. They got win totals, division winners, Super Bowl winners, all that stuff and more. So head to the website at BlueNile.net. I'm sorry, BetOnline.net. You'll find something different at BlueNile.net. Uh, but BetOnline.net is where the game starts. So I'm here with Jarvis Davis, one half of the ATL Day Ones podcast on the Locked On Sports Atlanta podcast feed. And of course, want to thank everyone that makes Locked On Falcons or Locked On Sports Atlanta their first listen each and every day. But we're talking on today's first listen about the day two standouts. Jarvis just expressed his um, concern with the Falcons first round selection. But I'm curious, Jarvis, when you look at the four day two picks, were there any picks that you had concern about or was this a good day of the Falcons draft for you? You know what? I thought it was a good day overall, you know, because when you, we talk about what, you know, they were able to get in the second round, you know, and, and trading up for Arnold Ebiketti. I thought that was addressing a serious need. And, and you, you can tell that it was, it started, it started another run, right? We talked about the run that they started in the first round 
with wide receivers, you know, those those guys flew off the board um from from where the Falcons started all the way into like the mid mid first round. And then you saw when um the Falcons traded up for on Ebby Ketty and you know Boye Mafe ended up going to um the Seattle Seahawks and I really I really like him as well. Um he was down in the senior bowl. Um those guys uh those guys are, are, are pretty close from a from an evaluation standpoint, you know, just by looking at them. Um but I and, and what that also told me is that Terrafono had a pretty good gauge on what everybody was doing. So, you know, when when you have a general manager kind of tapped in like that, that kinda I think that says something. I think that says that, you know, he has his staff has done a lot of work. You know, they got a lot of information and they were able to, you know, tap in around the league as far as knowing what's going on and who's going where and who potentially may be available at this particular pick. And and that, that's that's all you can ask for. Right. A general manager that's prepared. So uh, I think I really like the honor educated pick. Um, uh, I, I, I'm I'm really intrigued. Uh, by D'Angelo Malone, uh, there is something about him that I think that could end up being special because um, he just has something that you know a lot, you can't really teach, right? Because you know there's a there's a, a thing called a, a chip on the shoulder, and I was uh, talking to um, one of the guys that coached him, uh, a friend of mine that coached him in high school, and he talked about how you know the only school in the SEC that was recruiting was Alabama. Nick Saban, you know, and he had and it ended up not working out for him going down there. That's why he um, ended up at uh, West Kentucky. But like Nick Saban is a, a pretty good has a pretty good eye for talent because you know a lot of people question like, okay, why did he end up at West Kentucky? Okay, I get it. But I think the the main thing is though is having a certain skill set, having something about you that says, okay you can go to play with the big boys. And, and I think that D'Angelo Malone has that, that type of mindset, that type of mentality that he's going to take with him to the NFL. So I'm really intrigued by him. I, I love Arnold Abiketti. Now, the Troy Anderson pick, you know, that pick will always be interesting to me because I think that, you know, this linebacker room is a little loaded, right? It's seemingly, it's seemingly kind of kind of filled up a little bit. This room is, is going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of competition uh, when it comes to that linebacker room, uh, the standard off-ball linebackers, that is. And and I, I'm really intrigued to see how that kind of plays out. But, yeah, I think overall the, the you know, those, 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 that, those day two picks, man, I, I'm pretty satisfied overall with them. Now, there's been a lot of speculation over the last week uh, since that Troy Anderson pick that, you know, that that's being seen as a shot across the bow of Deion Jones. You hear reports that came out today from like NFL Network that the Falcons visited with Nick Kwiatkowski, a former Bear, former Raider uh, linebacker. I think he was actually in the same draft class that Deion Jones was back in 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and you're sitting there, as you just said, you know, the Falcons seemingly are, are set at that linebacker position, but, you know, at least visiting with Nick Kwiatkowski, and we'll see if they wind up signing him. I think the reports say he's got a couple other teams he's trying to visit. But, um, you know, does this signal to you that maybe, you know, someone like a Deion Jones is, you know, being moved out the door sooner versus later? I think so, man. When you think about it, like um, the uh, Terry Fano had done an interview with uh, uh, Pro Football Talk, and he was talking about how, 
every position is going to be up for grabs. And, you know, guys are going to be competing for jerseys to get into that 48, you know, um, each and every week. And you know what? Based off of how he's moving and as far as the draft and, you know, and how they, you know, brought in free agents and everything, like, that makes sense. I believe him. You know, it's all we talked about it on on our show today, Tanitra and I on ATL Day Ones, about in the past that not wasn't necessarily the case. You know, like when Dan Quinn and those the 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 like brought in people, you know more than likely they were gonna start. And it doesn't matter how bad they were for a lot of times, they, they continue to start. And, you know, when they made bad decisions, when bringing in those offensive guards that were terrible, you know, and, and James Carpenter and, and Jamon Brown, you know, they just stuck with those guys and just because they brought them in. And I don't think that's not how you need to run a football team. You know, you need to realize the mistake that you've made and, and make the necessary corrections. So I think when you talk about, who, the guy that they drafted, um, Troy Anderson. You talk about, you know, Rashawn Evans being brought in. You talk about Michael Walker, who changed his body because he knew in order to stick around, he's going to have to prove himself. He's going to have to bulk up something to play in this particular defense. And that's that's been my knock on Deion Jones. I've been covering Deion Jones since he came into the league. The man hasn't changed his body. He looks exactly the same as he was when he first came into the league. And that's a that's a huge red flag for me. Because I even – just think about and, – and on the other side of that, right? Look, take Grady Jerry, for example. You just saw after his rookie year, it just – it's almost like he just kind of – you know, he just blew up. You know, that, that, Like, guys understand what they need to do once they get there. Like, yeah, you true enough, you have a, enough talent to get into the league, right? Uh, there are a lot of people who have enough talent to get into the league. But you start dropping off when the guys make the necessary adjustments to get to that next level. And I just don't think Deion Jones has done that. Grady did it. He done it. Like, he played his way into damn near being a Super Bowl MVP. I'm not going to say the score. I'm not going to say what Super Bowl it was. Everybody know what the hell I'm talking about. Because, you know, I don't get down like that. I don't, don't want to go down that road. But, you know, Grady Dunn has done what he was supposed to do once he got into the league. But I just don't think Deion Jones has done that, man. And and at the end of the day, I believe he got fat and happy. And that's and that's the, that's that's how I look at it. You know, I may be wrong, but, you know, just by covering the team and being around those guys in the locker room, it just – that just seems like what it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard. Like, you know, I, I love being – the contrarian i love being the person that offers the counter argument but it, it seems like the last good season deon jones had at least for my eyes i mean he, he had some moments in 2019 but like it was yeah. really 2018 when he like that stretch of games where he came back from that injury that he had that year i thought he played right. really well down the stretch yeah. and i was expecting him to build off of that in 2019 and you know he had some good things in that season but it was just a lot of inconsistency and it hasn't been the same since he got paid so um, we'll see how, how that plays out if the Falcons bring in another veteran linebacker like Nick Kwiatkowski or, you know, if he goes elsewhere, do they continue to, you know, shop all the ex-Ryan Pace uh, 
players from Chicago. You know, yeah, tap into that pool. Now, That's uh, successful, right? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like you know, if, if Ryan Pace is going to basically just sneak all his former Bears on the on the roster, there's a couple of D linemen out there that I, I would love to uh, try to sneak on the roster. Yeah, yeah. One of them went to the Chargers. I'm like, you should have got him. <laughs> <laughs> where, where were you, Ryan Pace, on that day when, when that trade went down? Exactly. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. Where are What's up, man? Come on, man. I want to clear Max Jake. You know, shoot. I was throwing stuff at the TV that that day, man. I remember that draft vividly, man. Khalil Mack was dropping, and then they said, then the Raiders, they said the Raiders are on the clock. And I saw Roger Goodell come to that podium, man, and I looked at that man in his eyes, and I read his lips. When he started to say, cuh, I lost all my damn mind because I knew more than likely they were going to pick Jake Matthews, probably the most boringest pick ever in Falcons history. However, he's probably been the most consistent offensive lineman that the Falcons have had in quite some time. That's usually how it goes, Jarvis. Yep. That's, that's, yeah. It's boring, but it's consistent, right? It works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's all you can ask for from offensive lineman, man. Be consistent. Yep. So, um, I don't know if I can use the boring as a segue, but uh, let's talk about someone who we may see develop into consistency, and that's Desmond Ritter. I don't think it's fair to call him boring. Yeah, we don't know quite yet. But, we don't know. Yeah, we'll uh, yeah. find out, though. <laughs> so we'll, we'll continue today's conversation here, talking about this 2022 draft, talking a lot more about Desmond Ritter and sort of what is the timetable to get him on the field. Can he – you know, unseat Marcus Mariota in a starting job. We'll get into all that as we continue today's Locked On Falcons, guys. But before we get there, you know, as Desmond Ritter is preparing for training camp or whatever the case may be, you guys are going to be preparing for summer, whether you're trying to get that beach body, whether you're going on vacation. And the perfect snack for whatever you're doing this summer is, of course, Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Uh, Built Bar is even better than a candy bar because it not only tastes good, it's good for you because it's low in sugar, calories, and carbs, but high in protein and fiber. And if you haven't tried their puffs, the first ever protein infused marshmallow might as well start now for summer or you can order a mix box you can get their new granola flavors those have been selling out like hotcakes so make sure you go out there and try it so whether you have your tried and trues like salted caramel or coconut almond or peanut butter brownie you can find them all at built.com and when you go there use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your order that's promo code locked 15 L O C K E D one five for 15% off at built.com. So wrapping up today's locked on Falcons here with Jarvis Davis of the ATL day ones podcast, part of the locked on Atlanta sports, Atlanta podcast family. Uh, we're talking about Desmond Ritter, right? One of those day two picks that is certainly intriguing because, you know, I, I've said it before on this podcast. I feel like if we're talking about this draft five years from now, no offense to the Drake Londons and the Arnold Epichettis who may wind up being some of the better players on the Falcons and very good pros. But if we're sitting here saying this is an incredible draft, it's probably because you found your franchise quarterback. We, we talked about this previously Jarvis, when you compare, you know, the Falcons 
2008 draft as one of the best ever, it's not because people look at the Curtis Lofton pick or the Thomas Day Coup pick or the Harry Douglas pick as great picks. You know, (laughs) they're solid picks. But like, (laughs) yeah, you you got Matt Ryan in that draft. That's why it's a great draft, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I look at this draft class not to say it's like riding on Desmond Ritter because I still think it has the capacity to be a really good draft class, but it goes from being pretty good to possibly great if Desmond Ritter winds up working out. And I'm, I'm just curious, you know, where do you sort of stand on the sort of timetable for Desmond Ritter to see the field? Are you one of these people that feels like, you know, similar to your um, fellow at Lockdown Sports Atlanta, Mark Zeno, who feels like they got to get Ritter on the field as soon as possible uh, to see what he is uh, to evaluate that quarterback position, or do you believe maybe, you know, old school, maybe not the right best way of putting it, but that sort of like, we got to develop this guy. We got to be patient, all that various stuff. Where do you sort of fall on that spectrum? You know what? I, I don't think that they have to get Desmond Ritter playing time. I, I think they're playing with house money, right? You know, you use a third round pick, you had multiple third round picks. You, you address the need with the other third round pick. And you said, you know, this is a guy that we really like in this draft, even though it's not a, a great quarterback draft, so to speak. Um, I think everybody can agree on that. But this is a guy that we like out of this. And we're getting him in the third round. And like you said, if people are going to look back on this draft five or six years from now and Desmond Ritter is the starting quarterback for this team, that means more than likely he's the guy. You know, he's the guy. And if you can get your guy in the third round, that is some really, really good stuff, man. When you think about, you know, doing your homework and, and getting the feel for a guy and understanding who he is and, and as a person and not a, and also as a who he is as a leader, you know, because that that all that stuff matters when you're talking about a guy going into that hole and saying, "Hey, this is what we need to do to in order to get right." So I, I do think though that he's going to get an opportunity to play because just based off of, you know, facts is it's facts that, you know, Mark, Marcus Mariota has never played an entire season. You know, he's had some injury issues throughout his entire career. So, and, and I think that that accounts for something. So um, I believe he is the guy that has a lot of confidence in himself. When you talk about, he's not leaving until he get, brings the city a Super Bowl. I mean, you know, I believe that means he's going to do everything he possibly can to go get that starting spot because, you know, the general manager of the team has already said everybody is it's a, a wide-open competition for everybody. And even Arthur Smith, he's following that same mantra. You know, it, competition wide open. You know, when he was talking about the, run, the running back, uh, running back com- um, competition with Tyler Edgier, um on day three. And so it's a – I think, you know, the message is clear here. And I don't think that the Falcons have to necessarily say, oh, yeah, we have to get this dude out on the field because more than likely he's going to get some playing time by default. Okay. Now, you you say no rush. You know, they're playing with house money. Um, I I guess my question is, should we see a scenario where Desmond Ritter, you know, pulls a Derek Carr or pulls a Russell Wilson – and, and goes into the summer, you know, you could throw Dak Prescott or Carson Wentz into that conversation as well uh, of quarterbacks that were expected. You're going to be the backup. We have a veteran in place, but they showed some things um, in that 
initial training camp that made those teams go, wait, okay, maybe, maybe this guy's ready. So do you feel like that's a scenario that um, you're open to, even if you don't necessarily feel this uh, pressure to, to push him out on the field? Yeah, man. I mean, that would, that would be the perfect, that'd be an ideal scenario, right? Not only for me, but I think that'd be an ideal scenario for Terry Fano, because guess what? That's going to validate his pick immediately. You know, a lot of times, you know, guys come in and you have to develop them and see how they do and get used to acclimate to the system and the verbiage of the offense and calling plays and just getting guys lined up and being able to answer those necessary questions about wide receivers and where they're supposed to be and working on timing. So that's a, that would be amazing. That would be nothing short of amazing if he comes in and he show he beats out Marcus Mariota in training camp. That's that's like being ahead of the curve. Like he snuck some playbooks and 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 been testing, texting texting uh, Arthur Smith, hey big head at night because if he does that because that is that would be nothing short of amazing. And I think that if Desmond Ritter is the day one starter, that means that dude was more than ready, and he is hands down the best quarterback in this draft class. Okay. Now, my last question is because I know I'm going to hear from it in the comments. Um, you know, let's imagine the opposite scenario where Desmond Ritter doesn't look ready mm-hmm. and Marcus Mariota does. Is there a certain point in the season where if the team is not living up to expectations, is that the time where you would potentially be more open to, well, let's, you know, this team ain't going anywhere. They're they're not going to the playoffs or whatever the case may be. Let's see if we can kick the tires on this young guy and see what he's at. Is that a, a, a sort of a plan B in your eyes as well? Yeah. I mean, because you, let's think about it. Like say they're like four and 12, you know, and, and you know, no, I'm sorry. Let me say three and 10, you know, they're three and 10. They got four games left and, and Marcus Mariota has been horrible. Yeah. Throw the kid in there and see what's going on and see, and see what's going on. You know, you can give him a solid month to say, Hey, we don't need to worry about a quarterback next year because if you're that bad, more than likely you're going to continue to be bad. But you want to see some 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 positive some positive, you know, uh, from from Ritter. But you're going to be probably in the conversation for a top five pick, and that quarterback class next year is what a lot of people wanted the Falcons to wait for to draft a quarterback. So I I, I think that they'll understand the business aspect of it by making a decision to go ahead and put him out there. And I won't have any problem with that at all. Okay. All right. Well, I just had to have my bases covered because, you know, the, the Mariota stands will, will come at me uh, because those um, exist. They there's, there's a handful of them in my comments. <laughs> okay. Every, every, right. every episode I talk about Mariota cause okay. right. yeah, it's they, good luck with there. that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Just beware. <laughs> okay. All right, they cool. might they might start tacking out ATL day ones pretty shortly, and you might. Yeah, come on. Getting... I'm ready. All right. Yeah, All right. I got you. So, I'll engage. You know, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of ATL day ones, Jarvis, appreciate you coming on today, talking Falcons draft. But what what are you you and Tanitra uh, been talking about and, and and plan on talking about in the coming days and weeks? Yeah, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, man. We uh, of course we're gonna continue to talk some Falcons, man. We gotta we gotta hit that every day because you know we gotta release release some stress. And man, Tony Wrestler just calling out the Atlanta Hawks, man, from the top down. 
Whew, we got to talk about that because he's he he has some very stern comments about how the season played out this year. So, and we, we'll definitely be talking about all of that on ATL Day Ones tomorrow. There you go. All right, guys. Uh, of course, check out ATL Day Ones on all the same podcast platforms you can find on Locked On Falcons, including on YouTube. Of course, if you want to hit up Jarvis if you're you know one of those Mariota stands and you just don't want to. Wait till ATL Day One drops. You can hit up Jarvis on Twitter at, at JarvisD90. Uh, and uh, really appreciate you, Jarvis, coming back on. I'll, I'll have to bring you back on during that dead time in the summer when nothing's going on and we can just talk trash about whatever we can talk about. Let, let's do it, man. You know, I love speculation. And, and I love talking about my gut, my gut feeling. I get gut feelings, man. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if Deion Johnson on the team by this summer. <clears throat> Mm, mm, yes. <laughs> when I get good feelings, I usually just fill it with chicken wings, and that usually makes it go away. <laughs> Love it. Lemon pepper sprinkle, man. Hot with sprinkle with, with lemon pepper sprinkle, man. Got to get you go. it. It's the recommendation for the for the folks out there listening. So, guys, we appreciate you tuning in. That's going to wrap up our week here on Locked On Falcons. And of course, I hope you guys have a great weekend. I uh, always appreciate you guys making Locked On Falcons your first listen. Recommendation for your second listen. Uh, in addition to ATL Day 1s on Locked On Sports Atlanta, A to Z, uh, Hitting Hard, Locked On Bulldogs, Locked On Braves, Locked On Hawks. Uh, of course, why not check out the Locked On NFL podcast so that you can catch up on all the stories for the other 31 teams around the league uh, as they come off of their draft highs or draft lows. Who knows? So check out Locked On NFL on your preferred podcast platform, including Apple, Odyssey, Google, Spotify, and of course, on YouTube. Guys, appreciate it. I hope you have a happy Mother's Day. Hit up Blue Nile if you want to make sure she has a happy Mother's Day. Uh, but appreciate you guys. Till then.